The Arizona State Sun Devils basketball team is coming off a terrific win Saturday night against the Oregon State University Beavers. Right now, these Sun Devils are playing as hot as they possibly could be, which is great news as we start to go down the stretch and get ready for the game tonight against the UCLA Bruins. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend, Connor Drios. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at C. Drios. Follow the Sun Devils page as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast because it is free and available every single day on every platform that you get your podcast. So if that's Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or if you want to see us in a video presentation, go to YouTube and subscribe to the podcast there. Leave a like, a rating, comment. Whatever it is, let us know we're doing great. Me and Connor absolutely love giving you guys the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Connor, it was a really, really good weekend for Arizona State basketball. They Did had stuff happen? Games, games were played? Games were played. We, okay. We won a couple of games recently. The oh, okay. one that we're about okay. to talk about right now was actually Arizona State taking down the Oregon State Beavers in 10P to the tune of a 73-53 to beatdown. Yeah, dude, this game wasn't even close. And, and well, I, I shouldn't say that. ASU got off to a, a pretty solid lead, and it it got sloppy at times. I'm not going to lie. Some of the three-point shooting was was frustrating at times. Um, where they were hitting their stride early, it just seems like the offense as a whole became stale throughout one or two different parts of the game where they kind of let Oregon State back into it. So it like they, they won by 20, and it feels like they won by 20. But watching the entire game, like it definitely still had its ups and downs a little bit. But nonetheless, Richie, this is back-to-back 20-point-plus victories for these Sun Devils and three straight, which ties the season high as far as consecutive wins go. Richie, we're going to talk about this a little bit later on in the podcast, but they're playing so well right now. So, so well. And they're scheduled for the rest of the year. Like, yeah, they got UCLA. But after that, they've only got four more games until they start to play the Pac-12 tournament. Four more after UCLA. So five more total. Mm-hmm. Could ASU catch a little bit of fire? Maybe. I mean, this it's what they're going to need if they want they want a shot to get into the tournament. They need to win out, which would get them at 500. They'd be 15 and 15 going into the Pac-12 tournament. From there, hope that you can maintain some kind of the some kind of the the heat streak that you have going on right now. But essentially, Connor, you need to win the rest of your games just to get into the tournament right now. But focusing on this part first, what they were able to do against Oregon State was reminiscent of what we saw them being able to do against uh, Oregon was just effective shooting and not, not taking too many risks that weren't going to give them uh, equal benefit. So they they were smart with their shooting. They were shooting 45% from the floor, 32% from three. 
Connor, another really big aspect that we need to talk about here with the way the Sun Devils have been playing a lot, uh, like very well lately, they're not putting the opponent on the line anymore. Like not nearly as much. This is one. Yeah, seriously, another, the last, mm-hmm. especially during this winning streak, it's a lot closer. And, and when we were kind of talking about the whole like ASU does not get to the free throw line as much as the other teams, like, it, it's not always going to be even. It, it's hardly ever the same amount of free throw attempts every single game. That being said, it was such a, a stark difference between the two that it was a little odd. But now that ASU is is either like a little bit ahead in free throw attempts or just behind, like they're not giving their opponent extra chances to put up extra points, right? Uh, and it's mm-hmm. making the world of difference on this three-game win streak. It's been exactly that, a world of difference between what we've seen typically out of Arizona State and what we are seeing moving moving uh, forward. I, I feel like that was kind of jumbled. The point, the point is, Arizona State is actually starting to play their best basketball right now. And to the surprise of no one, you're winning games, and you're winning games like in, in a convincing way. What you did to yep. Oregon was outstanding, but the way you were able to follow it up with a just as good performance against Oregon State, equally as good. And I understand shows that, that it's State. not a fluke, too, right? Exactly, exactly. And I get that Oregon State's not what the Ducks are or what any of the one, other one in fourteen, like yeah, not not great. No, but nonetheless, the fact that you were able to put up back to back consistent games. Uh, do, doing the same strengths that you were, like you said, Connor, it's proving to me it's not a fluke. And who's leading the charge other than Marion Jackson? Another another great night, shot over uh, 50% and had 15 points, four boards, four assists, super effective. His role has just been absolutely terrific. Jalen Graham continues to play hot, had himself 12 points. DJ Horn had 10. Kamani was strong with 11. Jay Heath had 13. And Alonzo Gaffney, the other starter there, had five. So good contributions all the way around. But guys like Marion Jackson and Jalen Graham continue to stay hot. DJ Horn is hopefully starting to get back into that rhythm again. And Kamani continues to be Kamani. Yeah, this is something we talked about all season long. Like when they have multiple players scoring a decent amount of points. Like when I say decent, we're talking like double digits for college, right? This team is not, it does not have that superstar, does not have one or two really, really great players that are going to put up like 18 plus points on any given night. They just, they don't. Um, so in one sense, you can argue that they don't have a star on their team that makes them weaker, which you certainly have an argument for that. But when you have a somewhat deeper roster, not that I'm claiming ASU is deep, but on a night like, like they did against uh, Oregon State, when you have uh, five players over double digit points, we're going to take that every single game. Every single game. They put up 42 in the first half, Richie. 42. I'm not sure they've done that any other time this season. Maybe. No, I, I seriously can't think of any other time they would have done that this season. Um, so great on, on their production. Um, scoring 73 as a whole. Um, probably six, seven points above their average. But ASU has just been playing so great. And again, we'll, we'll kind of cap with Oregon State is not that good. But they're doing this consecutively now they've got another three game win streak which they've only done one other time this season uh they beat an oregon team and a washington state team who washington state team who they got embarrassed to last time they played uh their biggest test is going to be coming up right they're hitting the end of the season some of these guys it would have been easy for them to kind of check out based on how they had played early in the season maybe not necessarily playing for a whole lot left uh barring any big run in the pac-12 tournament but and and again we're going to talk about that a little bit later on this podcast but uh you, you already highlighted him a little bit, Richie. Marion Jackson is just so much fun to talk about right now. 
Seriously, like after he played a, a really good game or two, it was kind of like, yeah, this is nice, but he's kind of done this before. I, I'm waiting for it to go back to what he was. And he just hasn't. And again, it's not like he's dropping 18 plus a night. But if you're telling me he's going to give me 15 double-digit points in, in I don't know how many games now, probably seven or eight in a row, give or take, um, dude's been playing absolutely phenomenal. So he's been leading the charge for you. That did not differ against Oregon State whatsoever. Uh, one other thing I do want to call out, and, and I'm seeing this consistently across most of the games, like uh, not only are we beating people on the scoreboard, which is the most important thing, but you start to go look at the rebounds. You look at the assists, the steals, the blocks. ASU is consistently beating most of the other teams in all these other facets. So when they're already shooting well, like they shot 45% as a team, when they start to beat you in other areas of the game, that's just that's one more thing in their back pocket that they can use. So And they're going to need every bit of it against UCLA. 100%. So that's the one bright side right now, Connor, is like the way that they're playing has me confident that they can continue to at least put up a fight against tough opponents. But you, you've had a lot of really quality wins that have been racked up recently. You had that UCLA upset. You took down Oregon in pretty convincing fashion. You had a really good win against uh, Wazoo. Now you took down Oregon State. You're getting hot at the right time. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. But before we get there, we do have to talk to you about our good friends over at Bet Online. Yeah. So, Bet Online, guys, football might be over the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, players' performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Betonline remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing and ufc odds right to the olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action betonline where the game starts and again thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day remember that this podcast is free and available on all platforms now connor not only was it an impressive win for the Arizona State Sun Devils basketball team against the Oregon State Beavers, but they have won for their last five games. They are heating up at exactly the right time because the end of the season is within reach now. You're five games under 500. You went out. You hit 500. If you went out, you are one of the hottest teams in the Pac-12 heading into that tournament. And, and, and I, I want to, but I, I was going to say, like, I, I want to definitely call that out. Like we've said that multiple times that they can just go on these big runs here. And they're like, it, it's just not realistic. That being said, I want to call out two things there. One playing well at the end of the season matters, right? The NCAA yes. committee wants the best teams and they want the most drama. They want the most action, uh, potentially the most upsets for a team like ASU that if they got in, they're not going to be a high seed at all. Um, uh, so for, for a team like this to be playing well towards the end, they're giving the committee something to think about. Is it much? Probably not. But at the same time, they got five games left this season in the Pac-12 tournament to really make them start to think about these things. Uh, so so that's definitely a, a big piece to it there. Uh, no, they're not playing. or oh, Like overall, their record does not look impressive. They're 10-15 and 15 overall, 6-9 and nine in the conference. But 6-9 and nine in the conference, there's three games under 500 with two games, or sorry, with five games left to go, are they going to beat a UCLA again? I, I don't want to give too much away, but I, I think that is a bit of a stretch, but not impossible. Um, 
that being said, if you can find a way to lose one game, let's call it UCLA just because that is the hardest bunt they have left to play. You face some not-so-difficult teams for the rest of your schedule. Uh, so in that, you get uh, Colorado, Utah, Cal, and Stanford. Colorado, Utah, Cal, and Stanford. So uh, Colorado and Stanford are both in front of you in the standings, uh, but Stanford is under 500 in the conference. Colorado's 10 and 7. So, I mean, they're definitely quality, uh, but you've already beaten in Oregon. You've beaten UCLA. So, it's not that you can't beat a Colorado. Uh, and then Utah and Cal are both behind you in the standing, Richie, in the conference. They're both 4 and 13 as we speak. 4 and 13. So, while nothing is guaranteed, especially with this team who does some unpredictable things, I would say I'm feeling pretty confident about Utah and Cal. Let's say you lose to UCLA. You have a chance to beat. Colorado and Stanford, who are not that far ahead of you, and really make some leaps in the Pac-12. Now, at the end of the day, is the Pac-12 going to be sending like five schools to the tournament? Probably not. But if you do go like, what, four and one in your last five games, you make some serious noise in the Pac-12 tournament, you're giving the committee something to think about, and you're doing it exactly at the right time. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, right, is giving them something to think about. So right now, and, and you prefaced it right at the very beginning by saying that the NCAA is going to be looking for teams that are going to make the most money in terms of views, uh, storylines, interesting, interesting uh, uh, things to look forward to going into this. Well, sure. The NCAA might right now be looking at Arizona state as like a, okay, we're going to, we're going to put like a little, a little reminder next to you to continue watching your games and see how this all shakes out. So if you do find a way to, one game or two games under 500 and make a pretty good amount of noise in your bracket. We'll take a look. We'll see how we feel about all of that when we start getting down to actually getting the bracket ready together. So at the end of the day, Connor, this isn't, this isn't an Arizona state team that should be going to the tournament. No, this isn't a team that even if they do get to the tournament is going to make noise. But this is this is the best case scenario for us right now is right now they're fun to watch. First of all, let's go ahead and just stay that right now. It is fun to watch Arizona State basketball games right now. They're putting together competitive games. The team seems to be meshing with each other very, very well. And overall, they're, they're winning, right? So the, the best part about watching your team play is to watch them win. And Arizona State has won three of the last of their last four. So they're doing something right. And wait, three of their last four? I yeah. mean, you can just say three in a row because they, they won that three-game win streak. Four of their last five is game. what I meant to say. Four of their there last five. That's what I meant. Yeah, as soon as I as soon as I said that, I was like, that doesn't seem right. But anyways, they've won four of their last five. They've won three in a row. They're They're actually starting to put together basketball games that I don't feel like are a chore to sit down and watch. So... You hope that that continues, and in in an insane, insane world where ASU wins out and they finish in the top half of the bracket, I mean they they could make the standings right. Bid. The Pac-12 yeah. standings. Okay. Yes, yes, yeah, they could make themselves a bid to get into the tournament, which I think is more than any of us would have anticipated even just a month ago. I think that's totally fair. Now, 
Bobby Hurley has a couple 20-win seasons under his tenure with the Sun Devils. One of those 20-win seasons, he was still a playing team. If they went out, they're only 15-15, and 15, right? So by and large, it's like, well, how, how does that team still get like a, a playing uh, chance uh, when that 20-20-some win season by Bobby Hurley still only made it to that, that same spot, right? Now, that being said, Bobby Hurley has had several seasons now where he started off pretty hot and absolutely collapsed once we hit uh, some of the Pac-12 player or against some of the better teams. So this team's kind of doing the opposite. The opposite, yeah. They lost some of the games that they probably shouldn't have, but they're they're starting to win some games that they also probably shouldn't, right? The games against UCLA, sweeping Oregon. Uh, if you can continue to do those kinds of things, uh, again, like you're giving the committee something to think about. Now, towards the beginning of the segment, you said this team should not go. And you're probably right. At the end of the day, like we're not saying that, well, they could. They could make it. it, it like uh, of all the teams in the nation, is this really a, a Pac-12 kind of team? I, I would say no based on overall talent. The only reason I would say yes is because of that upset hype, right? Exactly. Uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, uh, the game against UCLA towards the end of the podcast. I'm going to have some interesting notes specifically on kind of the trend in the spread uh, and where that is moving. But people are taking at least a little bit of a notice of ASU and at least the fact that they're they're dangerous. Maybe that is uh, kind of a, a double-edged sword where they can be dangerous to themselves. Like, well, they go on streaks in the, in the game that they did against Oregon State where they're just chucking up threes even though they're not making any. Uh, and they're kind of letting their opponent back in. Not quality basketball play right there. But if you can knock off a UCLA, you can play tough uh, against a USC and an Arizona and give them at least a little bit of a scare. Teams are thinking about you. Like, are, are they taking you that seriously? I don't know. I'm not in the locker rooms. I, I'm not hearing those kinds of conversations. I'd just be willing to bet that, in, in example, a UCLA who just lost to this Arizona State team, they're not taking us lightly, right? We're not a, a top 25 team. UCLA is struggling a, a little bit as of late. I think they're down to like 13. I want to say they're ranked 13th as of right now. That um, sounds correct. Yes. You, even though if they're not taking us as seriously as like one of the number one teams in the nation or as a top 25 team, after they just beat you in triple overtime, they want to embarrass us. They do not mm-hmm. want to let that happen again. They don't want this game to be even close because I'll tell you what, if they do make it a close game, and even if ASU does not pull off that victory, that's going to be salivating, I, I think, in all the players for the rest of the season. They've got those four games left. Like, If they can believe in themselves after this three-game win streak and maybe playing against UCLA pretty tough, I, I think they can really make that stretch at the end of the season, beating the the Cows, the Utahs, uh, right? Your Stanfords, and uh, uh trying to remember the, the last game that we have. Uh, but if, if they can win those... I, no, not Colorado. So yes, those four teams, and then going into the tournament with that kind of momentum, which is totally real thing, they're going to be dangerous, and maybe that's going to be enough to make a move to the tournament. Maybe. Well, and that's exactly what we're hoping for. So we'll talk about this UCLA preview in just a moment, but first we're going to talk to you about our good friends over at Bill Bar. So this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolutions to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. If you haven't tried the Bilt Bar Puffs yet, then you're missing them. You're missing out. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow banana cream pie, all so good, and they're all going to be your new favorite. And yes, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. 
They're low calorie, high protein. Replace these candy bars. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. And if you check the macros chart, you'll be blown away with how most built bars are high in protein, low in calorie, high in fiber, low in carbs, 17 grams of protein. And compare it to a candy bar, which is typically 240 calories, dozens and dozens of grams of sugar and net carbs. There's tons of different flavors too. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. There's a new flavor of the month, white chocolate, cookies and cream. They're all delicious with new flavors coming out all the time. So check out BuiltBar.com and see, see what's going on on the website right now. That's BuiltBar.com for the best protein bar in the market. BuiltBar.com. All right, Connor. We talked, we talked about the way that the team's playing right now. Let's talk about everything that they got going for them. Going into Pasadena tonight to take on the UCLA Bruins. Let me preface it with this. We already we talked previously about how Oregon had gotten embarrassed and upset earlier in the year by ASU and that they had revenge on their mind and clearly came out flat because ASU completely demolished them. UCLA is a much better team. However, they should have embarrassed us the first time. Instead, we took them down in triple overtime. So they should also have this revenge mentality mindset. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be what happens. Because again, that's what we would have assumed was going to happen with the, with the Oregon Ducks when we went and took them on. But instead, didn't pan out for them that way. So Connor, I don't know if we can completely discount ASU. Once again, upsetting UCLA the the way that we probably could have just immediately put them out in the ashtray and said no there's no there's no chance this is happening with the way ASU's playing right now I I it makes me feel like anything's possible I, I don't know this is a very anything's weird possible territory. with a question mark it, I'm Ron Burgundy very, very weird territory for Arizona State basketball well, my my first gut reaction is that UCLA better not be coming out flat um, like Oregon did, or they're in trouble. At the same time, we were stomping U of A, stomping them. We were up uh, probably like 11, 12, 13 at one point, maybe even a little bit more in that first half before ASU went on like a, a quick, or sorry, uh, Arizona went on a quick 11-0 run and got right back in that game. Seriously, within a couple minutes, ASU was absolutely dominating them. A couple minutes, it was right back to just about even. So, um while UCLA might not be the same quality as in Arizona, still a very good basketball team. Uh, we've seen multiple times this year where ASU has gotten off to a very hot start because they they just feel like they're a first-half team, right? Would I probably trade that to be known as a second-half team? It just feels like a better title, I guess, but probably. But um, if ASU is up or at least contending in this first half, if I'm UCLA, I may not panic. But I think that depends on what the scoreboard looks like. Because if ASU is continuing what they're doing over these last three games, and UCLA is not on their A game, I'm going to feel really good about that game. Really good. Almost to the point where I might considering live betting this, depending on what that spread looks like. Currently, the game opened up. ASU is 15.5 point underdogs. The line's already moved before the day uh, of the game where they're 14.5 point underdogs. 
Could it move even another half point to a point by the time the game starts? Maybe. That's just one more reason why people are taking notice of ASU around the country. People are thinking, if you're giving ASU that many points, who's playing this well, yeah, UCLA is the better team. No one's going to argue that. We are not going to argue that. Even if we win this game, would I still probably take UCLA's team over ours, like nine times out of 10? 100% I would. Now, I guess in this case, we would have already beaten them twice, potentially, right? Uh, so I guess out of 10, maybe not be the the, the best argument. But we'll, we'll kind of see where this game goes, Richie. I, I just, a lot of the games as of late, ASU is playing really well as a nucleus, right? We don't necessarily have a star, maybe like a, a UCLA has. Um, UCLA has some really solid depth. Uh, but Johnny Dezang is absolutely dominant for them, averaging 17.9 points per game. He's one of their guards. Uh, and they have uh, four players total averaging at least 11.7 points. So these guys can score and they can score in bunches. Uh, again, at the end of the day, this team is the better basketball team. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a, a team sport. Can they contend against a tough ASU team right now? You know, like you had just mentioned at the very beginning, your initial question was, even if revenge is on their mind, is that what's going to happen? Maybe not if ASU has something to say about it though. Seriously, that's in my opinion, that's not a homerish take. ASU is playing well right now. I'm not saying they're going to win. I just think this is going to be a very solid, close game, just like the last one was. I agree. And if there's one thing that I've learned in all my years of watching sports, Connor, it's that momentum is a real Huge. thing. Huge. And ASU has momentum right now. Everything is clicking. The team is buying into itself. The players and the leaders are stepping up at everything that needs to go right for ASU basketball is going right right now. And it, seriously, like there's not a lot of teams in the Pac-12, at least, where I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I feel like ASU doesn't have a shot here. Like it, it's one of those where it's like we shouldn't have a shot. We shouldn't be able to take down number three UCLA. We shouldn't be able to have a lead at any point against U of A. But ASU has been able to do those things. And now ASU is putting it together consistently and not just in bunches where you have that upset win against Oregon earlier in the season. And then you just are so wishy-washy the rest of the time. No, ASU is finally putting together all that potential that we believed that they had. Again, yep. we're not saying that this is some national title contending Arizona State basketball team. It never was. They'd but, be the best team in Tempe, for sure. Probably. Absolutely. Allegedly, at least. So I'm happy with what I'm seeing right now. There's not there's not too much I'm really afraid of at the moment, if I'm being honest with you. So I'm very excited for this game tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing us being able to give UCLA a hell of a good game. So Jay Heath at the really, really quick, sorry, just a little bit yeah. more on the subject. Jay Heath at the end of the Oregon State game was talking about how they are finally learning how to play with each other. And I, I think it's showing itself on the court, right? Not agree. that they're one of the yeah. best teams in the nation, not that they're one of the best teams in the Pac 12. They're just significantly better than what they were early on this season, right? With so many new faces, the, the fact that it's taken some time to get to, to be comfortable around each other, not a surprise. Uh, but this is not the locked on NFL podcast. We are not huge Baker Mayfield stands. That being said, to quote Baker Mayfield, Bobby Hurley and company, when they played this game as of uh, Monday, they're going to wake up feeling dangerous. And UCLA should be very scared of this team, at least playing them competitively. Absolutely. Every, there, there's not a team in the Pac-12 that should be taking ASU for granted right now. The way they're playing, they deserve all the attention that they should be getting. So 
That's going to go ahead and wrap up this Monday edition of the Locked on Sundables podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Maybe you want to go to YouTube, see me and Connor in a video format. We're on there too. Monday through Friday, the best Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, and other words content in the whole wide world. You can follow us on Twitter as well. Myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at Cedrios, and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, go ahead and make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.